Hey y'all, this is Troy Black. So I actually have a prophetic word from the Lord about the month of April. And then he also gave me a word that has to do with later on in the year. And he also gave me a word that has to do with the Nephilim from scripture. Typically I'll receive prophetic words while I'm in worship. I'm laying on my face before the Lord in the secret place. And this time it was a little different. I actually went outside and I was standing, I remember like in our driveway and then like on the curb right next to the road. And I felt the power of God just come over me. And I pulled up my phone and I started to write down what I was hearing. This is what I heard. I heard the Holy Spirit say, April of this year, static electricity mixed with resin. Now, these things are foreign to me. I did not know what this was at the time. I'm going to share my research in a second, what I found. I heard the Lord say, look this up. And then I heard the word epoxy, which I did not know how that went together with this. And then I heard the phrase solar energy, energy storage units, and then this word, taking what's chemically imbalanced at the moment and making it stable, readily available. And then I heard someone is working right now on making this viable. So I wrote all this down and I'm looking at it and, you know, I'm thinking I have no knowledge of solar power or, or energy sources or any of this kind of stuff. Science was not my best subject in school. So I did some research and then I actually heard more from the Lord. So let me share what I found and then I'm going to share the rest of this word. I just looked up static electricity and resin. And when I type that in Google, this is what I found, and I can share the links to the articles below. Immediately, I saw the word epoxy resin. Epoxy resin coating has the advantages of strong adhesion, high strength, good heat resistance, good oil, and alkali resistance, and high toughness. It is widely used in many fields, covering coatings for large storage tanks, pipelines, and chemical equipment, etc. However, epoxy resin is generally low in moisture absorption and high in electric insulation. Therefore, epoxy resin is easily charged by static electricity. So there's dangers of explosions and things because of this charge of static electricity that they have to use creative ways to get it discharged, essentially. So I believe what the Lord is saying is someone's going to figure out a way to use this positively in the coming, coming months. We're going to see something come out about this or something having to do with this in April. Then the next thing I Googled was static electricity and resin power. I added the word power, and this is what I found. An article called, Tiny Static Electricity Generators Could Produce Power From Waves. This, I, like, I looked this up after I heard this word, y'all, and, and it blew my mind that this is even a thing that people are considering. And this came out, I believe, last year, 2022. And then it says, a smart way of putting together lots of nano generators that exploit static electricity to generate a current could open up a new kind of wave power. So they're saying this is something that could possibly be done using this technique. So do I understand any of this? No. Do I understand exactly what's going to happen prophetically, what the Lord is showing me? No. But when I looked this up, I was very quickly able to discern that this was from the Lord. This is something I did not know ahead of time. And I also feel the presence of God on it, the power of God on it. So that's why I'm sharing it here. Uh, then I heard this. The, so the Lord continued to speak, and I heard this from the Lord. He said, this is for July as well. Further developments occurring later in the year. Strange reoccurring processes. So I believe this is about the development of this. He said, they've been at it for a while now, and they are about to solve the blockage and figure out what's going on. Twisting and turning motion, a popular energy source made viable. So... 
could this be referring to wave energy? Possibly. There's a tossing of the waves motion involved. There's also with wind energy, you know, a, a twisting motion. There's, there's other energy sources that this could apply to as well. And then I heard him say solar panels on top of a vehicle. And the impression I got from this was that this is not specific to this word, but that that has something to do with it, that that is related. So it could be that the same company working on this maybe possibly has worked on something like that or will work on something like that. And the Lord continued to speak, but before I share the next thing, the Lord actually gave me this impression and he wanted me to share this. That's why I'm sharing it here. It's a quote from the Lord of the Rings. So some people may get upset about that, that I'm using that. But in scripture, Jesus and even some of the other writers in scripture often would use phrases or proverbs from culture, even stories that, that culturally they were aware of so that they could understand what they were talking about, right? So I believe God can still do that today. And so this is what Galadriel actually says in the film series, Lord of the Rings. She says, rumor grew of a shadow in the east, whispers of a nameless fear. And the ring of power perceived its time had now come. It abandoned Gollum, but then something happened that the ring did not intend. So we see this evil source, right? That was trying to rule everything. And I'm going to connect this in a second with what the Lord's showing me. And then what's the next thing that happened that it didn't perceive? That it was picked up by one of the most unlikely people, a hobbit, this, this small, almost childlike character who has no power whatsoever. And suddenly that small person was able to change the course of this entire story. Okay, I'm going to have to let the Holy Spirit make that connection in a second. This is the next thing I heard. I heard the Lord say, energy giants. And then I got this impression, don't wake the giants. That's what the Lord's saying, don't wake the giants. There is, in the world today, a fear of running out of energy of running out of fuel, of running out of power sources, but there's also a drive that many companies and leaders of companies and organizations know about that if you can figure out the energy problem, if you can create sustainable energy and find a new energy source that's going to be better than the ones we currently have, you can control a lot of things. It it gives you a lot of power. There's a lot of power that potentially comes with that. And that is why there's so many wars and arguments and so much politics surrounding the uh, oil industry is because you have to have fuel and energy in order to do almost anything. But here's what the Lord began to show me about some of these companies is, is the idea that a lot of times people are willing to put power above people's actual needs. If I can just get a little bit more power, a little bit more influence here, then the sacrifice of people's needs over here is justified, right? But we see the very opposite thing happen when Jesus stepped on the scene 2,000 years ago. We see a man that was willing to step down from a place of authority and power and actually humble himself. And Jesus even said that he became the servant to all. You know, that he he was willing to even give up his own life for the sake of people that loved him, yes, people that liked him, yes, but also people that didn't love him and people that hated him. He was giving up his life and he was serving not just the people that loved him, but the people that ultimately killed him. And we see this model in Jesus Christ. It's not just a model. He is the perfect son of God, right? But he also wants to empower us as Christians, not not just give us an example, but he wants to empower us through the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in this life the same way that he walked. This is Jesus's uh, own words. This is actually Matthew 26, 52 through 54. So what has just happened is Jesus is about to get arrested 
And one of the disciples, I believe it's Peter, steps out and cuts off the ear of one of the people that's helping to arrest him, right? And then Jesus said to him, Matthew 26, 52, put your sword back into its place for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must happen this way? So Jesus is saying, hey, if, if I needed some force behind you know, uh, my mission, I could get that from heaven right now. The Father would just send his angels and take out all these people, right? Like, this is not a fight, is what he was saying. This has to happen this way in order for the will of God to be performed. And the same thing is happening today. See, there's a spirit behind the age that is trying to always take over control, right? So it's always trying to gain power in the political arena, power in the world forces, right? Power in the nations, power in the entertainment industry. But listen, where it wants power the most and can't get it is in the hearts of believers. The spirit of the age wants to control the church through either making it too afraid to act or either making it uh, hate our fellow people, brothers and sisters in Christ, but also the world. It's trying to pervert what God is doing through the church today. And listen, here's how we actually fight against the spirit of the age. It's the same way that Jesus fought. You know, he didn't call his angels down, right? Jesus loved those who, who hated him. He prayed for those who persecuted him. He, he served those who would never do anything kind to him in return. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us today. See, the same way that this small character in this story picks up this ring, right? And he doesn't use it for evil the same way that everyone else would. Instead, at least for a time, he tries to use it for good. And we see that ultimately at the end, it's only this small childlike character's ability to resist evil in the heart is the reason that they are ultimately able to have victory and able to overcome this evil force that's at work. That's what God wants for us as the church today. See, God's not going to win through a force of mighty warriors or something like that. God is going to win on the world today through a force of servants, through a force of people whose, whose hearts are just yielding to the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit at work. People that are willing to be the friend that Jesus was, the, the friend that lays his life down for his friends, to be the servant that Jesus was, the servant to all. The Lord actually asked me to read a section of Josiah's story, King Josiah. So I want to read a, a small snippet here, and then I'm going to share the rest of what the Lord showed me. This is from 2 Kings 16. What's just happened is they, they've been trying to repair the temple of God. And while they're attempting to repair the temple, they find the book of the law, and they come and they read it to the king. And then they read it to the king, and the king actually tears his clothes when he hears what God's standard is, what, what God has commanded his people to do, right, that they're not doing. And he goes and he asks the priest to inquire of the Lord. So they go to the prophetess, Huldah, and ask her to pray, to get a word from the Lord. And she does, and she comes back. And this is what she says about the nation in 2 Kings 16, 20. She says, from the Lord, I'm going to bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, since they have abandoned me and have burned incense to other gods, so that they may provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands." This is what's happening in the spirit of the age today, is that God is being provoked because the work of, of our hands, we're working so persistently in order to get things done, in order to find the sustainable energy source, in order to change the world, quote unquote, through our discoveries or through our scientific breakthroughs, whatever it is. And yet at the same time, we're not giving honor to God and we're not walking by God's ways as a culture and, and as a nation and as the world. And here's the amazing news is that under the covenant we're under now, the new covenant, there's the grace of God. 
But listen, there's also the wrath to come. And we're also, in a lot of ways, under the passive wrath. You know, God doesn't necessarily go, okay, here's judgment, right? But he'll say, okay, I'm going to leave you to your own devices and leave you to your own ways. And we know, based on Scripture, how that works out. But this is what God actually speaks through the prophetess to Josiah. And in verse 18, saying, Regarding the words which you have heard, since your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become an object of horror and a curse, you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I have indeed heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I'm going to gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not look at all the devastation that I'm going to bring on this place. So God actually promises protection to Josiah, and he promises grace to Josiah, because Josiah's heart was broken before the Lord over the ways of the world that had had crept into the, the nation of God, right? And listen to me, listen, this is so critical here. Josiah, when he became king, was only eight years old, he was that child figure that, whose heart was, was right before the Lord, who, who wasn't going to allow evil into his heart, who, who wept over the things that he saw happening. Listen, this is a prophetic picture of the church today. See, the church, we may not have the numbers, but we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who's crying out for truth, who's crying out and saying, look, look at what Jesus did. He's crying out to the world through us and saying, look at your Savior. The same way Moses said to all of the children of Israel who had been bit by the serpents and who were dying, he said, just look up at this rod, right? The same way the church today is saying, look up at the cross, look at what Jesus did. You don't have to keep going that way. You you don't have to stay lost. You don't have to keep going down that road. You don't have to head for destruction. There's hope. There's life. We are the light of the world. And this is what the Holy Spirit began to show me, is that the spirit of the age today has the same tendencies as the Nephilim in Scripture. So the Nephilim are these giants, right? These mighty warriors of old. And if you want to read about them in Scripture, they're actually found in Genesis chapter 6 and a few other places. But this is what it says in verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of mankind was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. So this is right after we see that the sons of God come to uh, human women and, and bore children with them. So what we see is we see this strange, unnatural mixture of God's creation, right? And we see that the Nephilim are birthed out of this, and suddenly there's this influx of just evil intent in the heart around the world, right? And it's birthed through demonic influence. And we see the same thing happening today. Anything, whether it be a company, whether it be an idea, whether it be a scientific breakthrough, anything could even be a doctrine in the church. You know, the the Word of God warns us against doctrines of demons that are going to attempt to infiltrate and to even pervert the church. And it's going to happen more and more and more as we get nearer to the end. But listen, anything that's birthed out of demonic ideologies is ultimately there to pervert and to twist, and it's not going to help. Even when it makes promises and says, hey, this is going to change the world, if it's not in line with God's ways and His nature, it's ultimately fighting against His plan. And we see this all throughout Scripture. 
that, that there's this idea of growing to such a huge height, right? Whether it be the Nephilim physically or the other giants in scripture or the Tower of Babel being raised up to heaven. There's this idea of let's grow this to a certain place where we're so big, we don't need God anymore, right? It's the same thing happening today with the whole sustainable energy source and like, let's fix the planet. We're going to perfect this where we are. We're going to perfect life here and we don't need God anymore. Listen, it's, it's the same lie. The devil said to Adam and Eve in the garden, did God really say, right? You know, it's like just trying to pervert the word of God enough to get people off track. And the devil's doing the same thing in the church today. He's saying, just take up these worldly tactics to fight these battles, right? Somebody hits you, you hit them back, right? But what did Jesus say? He said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Man, if someone takes your shirt, give them your cloak as well. If someone demands that you go one mile, go with them an extra mile. Jesus fought his battles with different weapons, and he's asking the church today to fight with a different weapon. These are some of the things Jesus fought with. Forgiveness, truth, compassion, standing firm on his convictions, but also loving people at the same time. I heard the Holy Spirit say one last thing, this simple phrase, there is no fight. It's the idea of us having to fight in the natural against the things that the devil is doing. Listen, the reason Jesus didn't fight when they were arresting him is because God would win in an instant. There's no fight between the devil and God. He is so much stronger. He has infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, infinite strength, and infinite power. The devil has none of those things. And the same is true in our lives. There should be no fight. We do not have to fight the devil with our strength. We just surrender to the Holy Spirit, and he fights our battles for us. We just surrender to what the Lord is doing. This is how God's kingdom works. Jesus says in John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. See, you live in a different realm entirely, a kingdom realm. You fight from a different world. You fight from the victory that Jesus already won on the cross. And if that is true, you can fight with confidence. But if that is true, then you can fight with a different type of weapon. You can love in place of hate. You can give instead of taking. Listen, the good news is you can even laugh and have joy instead of sorrow. But as Christians, we need to be willing to do the same thing Jesus did in the garden. Even when the Lord was leading him down a path he didn't want to go down, he said, not my will be done, but yours, Father. And when we do that and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to change even our intentions, Suddenly, we start to walk in the victory that Jesus has already won for us. We get to rest in the believer's rest, and we get to shine brighter and brighter through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us so that the world can see Jesus Christ through us. I hope this video has been encouraging to you. I want to point you to a few links real fast. Number one, I am actually working on a video about the Nephilim, about giants, and I'm going to be posting this on my second channel. So please go subscribe to that channel if you haven't. There's going to be a link below this video on YouTube. And that video will be posted very soon. And if you enjoy these videos and these are something that you would love to see more of, please stick around for a minute or two and listen to this. Hey y'all, this is Troy. So I actually have a favor to ask of you today. So I started in YouTube ministry about 10 years ago. I've been doing it for a while now. Me and my wife have made a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to continue doing that over the years. I know it's what God has asked me to do, what he's called me to do. 
I actually do it full time now. I stepped out and started doing it full time a few years ago. My wife and I have actually been married for 10 years and in those 10 years we've had five kids. So I look a little tired I'm sure because our newborn baby Hallie has just arrived about a week and a half ago. And this is actually part of the reason I'm asking for help. I currently film these videos in a room in our house. So this ministry operates on a very low budget. It's not a nonprofit, so I don't ask for a lot of money. I don't do a lot of fundraisers, but every once in a while I have to raise money to be able to do certain things. So what I want to do is we have a small room that's on the other side of our garage that's attached to our house. It's a little storage room. I would love to be able to turn this room into a small studio space that's detached from the house. And the reason is because while I'm filming, some of y'all maybe have noticed we have a toddler and he's at the age where he doesn't really understand that I'm filming. It's not time for daddy to come out and play and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually become very difficult, not just for me filming with a toddler crying at the door or, or busting in during a live stream, but also difficult for my wife to try to take care of the infant and also keep him out of this room at the same time. So I am raising money and the goal that I've set on this fundraiser is 24000 that includes the contractor's estimate. So they've come in and they've said, hey, we're gonna redo the floors, which are really old and decrepit carpet. The walls are old. There's not good insulation. The walls are very thin wood. They need to be insulated and then replaced with sheetrock. There's electrical problems. The lights don't work. That's gonna have to be replaced. The air unit is old and decrepit and falling apart. They're gonna to have to replace that as well. And there's some major issues happening with the doors. So we bought an old house. So they're gonna to have to replace the doors and put security locks on the doors and make sure that those are secure since there's gonna be equipment in the room. There's also water damage that's been happening. That's gonna to need to be fixed, but also the issue is gonna to have to be corrected as well. So this goal of 24,000 is gonna cover all of that, but then also hopefully cover things like chairs, desks, that kind of stuff for the studio space. So here's what I'm asking simply that you would consider praying about this and asking the Lord, Lord, is this something that you want me to sow into? And if the Lord leads you to do that, awesome. If not, don't feel any pressure from me at all because I know that the Lord is going to provide at the right time in the right way. But if you've been feeling led to sow into this ministry and you haven't had a chance to do that, this may be a good opportunity. But I do want to say thank you to everyone who supports us financially. Some people give every month and that means a lot to me and it allows this ministry to continue. But also for those who are praying for me and my family, that means so much as well because there are so many spiritual attacks that try to come against people that are out there sharing the word of the Lord, evangelizing. There's, there's a lot that the devil is trying to do. And listen, that doesn't scare me. It doesn't intimidate me because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And yet at the same time, those who stand around us in prayer and support us in that way, it means so much and it makes a big difference. There's a link below this video in case you're interested in learning more details about this fundraiser. I love y'all so much and I'll see you next time. Hey y'all, this is Troy Black. So I actually have a prophetic word from the Lord about the month of April. And then he also gave me a word that has to do with later on in the year. And he also gave me a word that has to do with the Nephilim from scripture. Typically I'll receive prophetic words while I'm in worship. I'm laying on my face before the Lord in the secret place. And this time it was a little different. I actually went outside and I was standing, I remember like in our driveway and then like on the curb right next to the road. And I felt the power of God just come over me. And I pulled up my phone and I started to write down what I was hearing. This is what I heard. I heard the Holy Spirit say, April of this year, static electricity mixed with resin. Now, these things are foreign to me. I did not know what this was at the time. I'm going to share my research in a second, what I found. I heard the Lord say, look this up. 
And then I heard the word epoxy, which I did not know how that went together with this. And then I heard the phrase solar energy, energy storage units, and then this word, taking what's chemically imbalanced at the moment and making it stable, readily available. And then I heard someone is working right now on making this viable. So I wrote all this down and I'm looking at it and you know, I'm thinking, I have no knowledge of solar power or, or energy sources or a- any of this kind of stuff. Science was not my best subject in school. So I did some research and then I actually heard more from the Lord. So let me share what I found and then I'm gonna share the rest of this word. I just looked up static electricity and resin. And when I typed that in Google, this is what I found. And I can share the links to the articles below. Immediately, I saw the word epoxy resin. Epoxy resin coating has the advantages of strong adhesion, high strength, good heat resistance, good oil, and alkali resistance, and high toughness. It is widely used in many fields, covering coatings for large storage tanks, pipelines, and chemical equipment, etc., However, epoxy resin is generally low in moisture absorption and high in electric insulation. Therefore, epoxy resin is easily charged by static electricity. So there's dangers of explosions and things because of this charge of static electricity that they have to use creative ways to get it discharged, essentially. So I believe what the Lord is saying is someone's going to figure out a way to use this positively in the coming coming months. We're going to see something come out about this or something having to do with this in April. Then the next thing I Googled was static electricity and resin power. Added the word power, and this is what I found. An article called, Tiny Static Electricity Generators Could Produce Power From Waves. This, like, I looked this up after I heard this word, y'all, and it blew my mind that this is even a thing that people are considering. And this came out, I believe, last year, 2022. And then it says, a smart way of putting together lots of nano generators that exploit static electricity to generate a current could open up a new kind of wave power. So they're saying this is something that could possibly be done using this technique. So do I understand any of this? No. Do I understand exactly what's going to happen prophetically, what the Lord is showing me? No. But when I looked this up, I was very quickly able to discern that this was from the Lord. This is something I did not know ahead of time. And I also feel the presence of God on it, the power of God on it. So that's why I'm sharing it here. Uh, Then I heard this. So the Lord continued to speak, and I heard this from the Lord. He said, this is for July as well. Further developments occurring later in the year. Strange reoccurring processes. So I believe this is about the development of this. He said, they've been at it for a while now, and they are about to solve the blockage and figure out what's going on. Twisting and turning motion. A popular energy source made viable. So... Could this be referring to wave energy? Possibly. There's a tossing of the waves motion involved. There's also with wind energy, you know, a a twisting motion. There's, There's other energy sources that this could apply to as well. And then I heard him say solar panels on top of a vehicle. And the impression I got from this was that this is not specific to this word, but that that has something to do with it, that that is related. So it could be that the same company working on this maybe possibly has worked on something like that or will work on something like that. And the Lord continued to speak, but before I share the next thing, the Lord actually gave me this impression, and he wanted me to share this. That's why I'm sharing it here. It's a quote from the Lord of the Rings. So some people may get upset about that, that I'm using that. But in Scripture, Jesus and even some of the other writers in Scripture often would use phrases or proverbs from culture, even stories that that culturally they were aware of so that they could understand what they were talking about, right? So I believe God can still do that today. And so this is what Galadriel actually says in the film series, Lord of the Rings. She says, Rumor grew of a shadow in the east, whispers of a nameless fear. 
and the ring of power perceived its time had now come. It abandoned Gollum, but then something happened that the ring did not intend. So we see this evil source, right? That was trying to rule everything. And I'm going to connect this in a second with what the Lord's showing me. And then what's the next thing that happened that it didn't perceive? That it was picked up by one of the most unlikely people, a hobbit, this, this small, almost childlike character who has no power whatsoever. And suddenly that small person was able to change the course of this entire story. Okay, I'm going to have to let the Holy Spirit make that connection in a second. This is the next thing I heard. I heard the Lord say, energy giants. And then I got this impression, don't wake the giants. That's what the Lord's saying, don't wake the giants. There is, in the world today, a fear of running out of energy, of running out of fuel, of running out of power sources, but there's also a drive that many companies and leaders of companies and organizations know about that if you can figure out the energy problem, if you can create sustainable energy and find a new energy source that's going to be better than the ones we currently have, you can control a lot of things. It, it gives you a lot of power. There's a lot of power that potentially comes with that. And that is why there's so many wars and arguments and so much politics surrounding the uh, oil industry is because you have to have fuel and energy in order to do almost anything. But here's what the Lord began to show me about some of these companies is, is the idea that a lot of times people are willing to put power above people's actual needs. If I can just get a little bit more power, a little bit more influence here, then the sacrifice of people's needs over here is justified, right? But we see the very opposite thing happen when Jesus stepped on the scene 2,000 years ago. We see a man that was willing to step down from a place of authority and power and actually humble himself. And Jesus even said that he became the servant to all. You know, that he, he was willing to even give up his own life for the sake of people that loved him, yes, people that liked him, yes, but also people that didn't love him and people that hated him. He was giving up his life and he was serving not just the people that loved him, but the people that ultimately killed him. And we see this model in Jesus Christ. It's not just a model. He is the perfect son of God, right? But he also wants to empower us as Christians, not, not just give us an example, but he wants to empower us through the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in this life the same way that he walked. This is Jesus's uh, own words. This is actually Matthew 26, 52 through 54. So what has just happened is Jesus is about to get arrested. And one of the disciples, I believe it's Peter, steps out and cuts off the ear of one of the people that's helping to arrest him, right? And then Jesus said to him, Matthew 26, 52, put your sword back into its place for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must happen this way? So Jesus is saying, hey, if, if I needed some force behind you know, uh, my mission, I could get that from heaven right now. The Father would just send his angels and take out all these people, right? Like, this is not a fight, is what he was saying. This has to happen this way in order for the will of God to be performed. And the same thing is happening today. See, there's a spirit behind the age that is trying to always take over control, right? So it's always trying to gain power in the political arena, power in the world forces, right? Power in the nations, power in the entertainment industry. But listen, where it wants power the most and can't get it is in the hearts of believers. The spirit of the age wants to control the church through either making it too afraid to act or either making it uh, hate our fellow people, brothers and sisters in Christ, but also the world. It's trying to pervert 
what God is doing through the church today. And listen, here's how we actually fight against the spirit of the age. It's the same way that Jesus fought. You know, he didn't call his angels down, right? Jesus loved those who, who hated him. He prayed for those who persecuted him. He, he served those who would never do anything kind to him in return. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us today. See, the same way that this small character in this story picks up this ring, right? And he doesn't use it for evil the same way that everyone else would. Instead, at least for a time, he tries to use it for good. And we see that ultimately at the end, it's only this small childlike character's ability to resist evil in the heart is the reason that they are ultimately able to have victory and able to overcome this evil force that's at work. That's what God wants for us as the church today. See, God's not going to win through a force of mighty warriors or something like that. God is going to win on the world today through a force of servants, through a force of people whose, whose hearts are just yielding to the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit at work. People that are willing to be the friend that Jesus was, the, the friend that lays his life down for his friends, to be the servant that Jesus was, the servant to all. The Lord actually asked me to read a section of Josiah's story, King Josiah. So I want to read a, a small snippet here, and then I'm going to share the rest of what the Lord showed me. This is from 2 Kings 16. What's just happened is they, they've been trying to repair the temple of God. And while they're attempting to repair the temple, they find the book of the law, and they come and they read it to the king. And then they read it to the king, and the king actually tears his clothes when he hears what God's standard is, what, what God has commanded his people to do, right, that they're not doing. And he goes and he asks the priest to inquire of the Lord. So they go to the prophetess, Huldah, and ask her to pray, to get a word from the Lord. And she does, and she comes back. And this is what she says about the nation in 2 Kings 16, 20. She says, from the Lord, I'm going to bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, since they have abandoned me and have burned incense to other gods so that they may provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. This is what's happening in the spirit of the age today, is that God is being provoked because the work of, of our hands, we're working so persistently in order to get things done, in order to find the sustainable energy source, in order to change the world, quote unquote, through our discoveries or through our scientific breakthroughs, whatever it is. And yet at the same time, we're not giving honor to God and we're not walking by God's ways as a culture and, and as a nation and as the world. And here's the amazing news is that under the covenant we're under now, the new covenant, there's the grace of God. But listen, there's also the wrath to come. And we're also in a lot of ways under the passive wrath. You know, God doesn't necessarily go, okay, here's judgment, right? But he'll say, okay, I'm going to leave you to your own devices and leave you to your own ways. And we know based on scripture how that works out. But this is what God actually speaks through the prophetess to Josiah. And in verse 18 saying, regarding the words which you have heard, since your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become an object of horror and a curse. You have torn your clothes and wept before me. I have indeed heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I'm going to gather you to your fathers and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes will not look at all the devastation that I'm going to bring on this place. So God actually promises protection to Josiah and he promises grace to Josiah because Josiah's heart was broken before the Lord over the ways of the world that had, had crept into the, the nation of God, right? And listen to me, listen, this is so critical here. Josiah, when he became king, was only eight years old. He was that child figure that, whose heart was, was right before the Lord, who, who wasn't going to allow evil into his heart. 
who, who wept over the things that he saw happening. Listen, this is a prophetic picture of the church today. See, the church, we may not have the numbers, but we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who's crying out for truth, who's crying out and saying, look, look at what Jesus did. He's crying out to the world through us and saying, look at your Savior. The same way Moses said to all of the children of Israel who had been bit by the serpents and who were dying, he said, just look up at this rot, right? The same way the church today is saying, look up at the cross. Look at what Jesus did. You don't have to keep going that way. You, you don't have to stay lost. You don't have to keep going down that road. You don't have to head for destruction. There's hope. There's life. We are the light of the world. And this is what the Holy Spirit began to show me, is that the spirit of the age today has the same tendencies as the Nephilim in Scripture. So the Nephilim are these giants, right? These mighty warriors of old. And if you want to read about them in Scripture, they're actually found in Genesis chapter 6 and a few other places. But this is what it says in verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of mankind was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. So this is right after we see that the sons of God come to uh, human women and, and bore children with them. So what we see is we see this strange, unnatural mixture of God's creation, right? And we see that the Nephilim are birthed out of this, and suddenly there's this influx of just evil intent in the heart around the world, right? And, and it's birthed through demonic influence. And we see the same thing happening today. Anything, whether it be a company, whether it be an idea, whether it be a scientific breakthrough, anything could even be a doctrine in the church. You know, the, the Word of God warns us against doctrines of demons that are going to attempt to infiltrate and to even pervert the church. And it's going to happen more and more and more as we get nearer to the end. But listen, anything that's birthed out of demonic ideologies is ultimately there to pervert and to twist, and it's not going to help even when it makes promises and says, hey, this is going to change the world. If it's not in line with God's ways and his nature, it's ultimately fighting against his plan. And we see this all throughout scripture, that, that there's this idea of growing to such a huge height, right? Whether it be the Nephilim physically or the other giants in scripture or the Tower of Babel being raised up to heaven. There's this idea of let's grow this to a certain place where we're so big, we don't need God anymore, right? It's the same thing happening today with the whole sustainable energy source and like, let's fix the planet. We're going to perfect this where we are. We're going to perfect life here and we don't need God anymore. Listen, it's, it's the same lie. The devil said to Adam and Eve in the garden, did God really say, right? You know, it's like just trying to pervert the word of God enough to get people off track. And the devil's doing the same thing in the church today. He's saying, just take up these worldly tactics to fight these battles, right? Somebody hits you, you hit them back, right? But what did Jesus say? He said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Man, if someone takes your shirt, give them your cloak as well. If someone demands that you go one mile, go with them an extra mile. Jesus fought his battles with different weapons, and he's asking the church today to fight with a different weapon. These are some of the things Jesus fought with. Forgiveness, truth, compassion. Standing firm on his convictions, but also loving people at the same time. I heard the Holy Spirit say one last thing, this simple phrase, there is no fight. It's the idea of us having to fight in the natural against the things that the devil is doing. Listen, the reason Jesus didn't fight 
when they were arresting him is because God would win in an instant. There's no fight between the devil and God. He is so much stronger. He has infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, infinite strength, and infinite power. The devil has none of those things. And the same is true in our lives. There should be no fight. We do not have to fight the devil with our strength. We just surrender to the Holy Spirit and he fights our battles for us. We just surrender to what the Lord is doing. This is how God's kingdom works. Jesus says in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. See, you live in a different realm entirely, a kingdom realm. You fight from a different world. You fight from the victory that Jesus already won on the cross. And if that is true, you can fight with confidence. But if that is true, then you can fight with a different type of weapon. You can love in place of hate. You can give instead of taking. Listen, the good news is you can even laugh and have joy instead of sorrow. But as Christians, we need to be willing to do the same thing Jesus did in the garden. Even when the Lord was leading him down a path, he didn't want to go down. He said, not my will be done, but yours, Father. And when we do that and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to change even our intentions, suddenly we start to walk in the victory that Jesus has already won for us. We get to rest in the believer's rest and we get to shine brighter and brighter through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us so that the world can see Jesus Christ through us. I hope this video has been encouraging to you. I want to point you to a few links real fast. Number one, I am actually working on a video about the Nephilim, about giants, and I'm going to be posting this on my second channel. So please go subscribe to that channel if you haven't. There's going to be a link below this video on YouTube, and that video will be posted very soon. And if you enjoy these videos and these are something that you would love to see more of, please stick around for a minute or two and listen to this. Hey y'all, this is Troy. So I actually have a favor to ask of you today. So I started in YouTube ministry about 10 years ago. I've been doing it for a while now. Me and my wife have made a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to continue doing that over the years. I know it's what God has asked me to do, what he's called me to do. I actually do it full time now. I stepped out and started doing it full time a few years ago. My wife and I have actually been married for 10 years. And in those 10 years, we've had five kids. So I look a little tired, I'm sure, because our newborn baby, Hallie, has just arrived about a week and a half ago. And this is actually part of the reason I'm asking for help. I currently film these videos in a room in our house. So this ministry operates on a very low budget. It's not a nonprofit, so I don't ask for a lot of money. I don't do a lot of fundraisers, but every once in a while I have to raise money to be able to do certain things. So what I want to do is we have a small room that's on the other side of our garage that's attached to our house. It's a little storage room. I would love to be able to turn this room into a small studio space that's detached from the house. And the reason is because while I'm filming, some of y'all maybe have noticed we have a toddler and he's at the age where he doesn't really understand that I'm filming. It's not time for daddy to come out and play and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually become very difficult, not just for me filming with a toddler crying at the door or, or busting in during a live stream, but also difficult for my wife to try to take care of the infant and also keep him out of this room at the same time. So I am raising money and the goal that I've set on this fundraiser is 24000 that includes the contractor's estimate. So they've come in and they've said, hey, we're gonna redo the floors, which are really old and decrepit carpet. The walls are old. There's not good insulation. The walls are very thin wood. They need to be insulated and then replaced with sheetrock. There's electrical problems. The lights don't work. That's gonna have to be replaced. 
the air unit is old and decrepit and falling apart they're gonna have to replace that as well and there's some major issues happening with the doors so we bought an old house so they're gonna have to replace the doors and put security locks on the doors and make sure that those are secure since there's gonna be equipment in the room there's also water damage that's been happening that's gonna need to be fixed but also the issue is gonna have to be corrected as well so this goal of 24,000 is gonna cover all of that but then also hopefully cover things like chairs desks that kind of stuff for the studio space so here's what I'm asking simply that you would consider praying about this and asking the Lord, Lord, is this something that you want me to sow into? And if the Lord leads you to do that, awesome. If not, don't feel any pressure from me at all because I know that the Lord is going to provide at the right time in the right way. But if you've been feeling led to sow into this ministry and you haven't had a chance to do that, this may be a good opportunity. But I do want to say thank you to everyone who supports us financially. Some people give every month and that means a lot to me and it allows this ministry to continue. But also for those who are praying for me and my family, that means so much as well because there are so many spiritual attacks that try to come against people that are out there sharing the word of the Lord, evangelizing. There's there's a lot that the devil is trying to do. And listen, that doesn't scare me. It doesn't intimidate me because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And yet at the same time, those who stand around us in prayer and support us in that way, it means so much and it makes a big difference. There's a link below this video in case you're interested in learning more details about this fundraiser. I love y'all so much and I'll see you next time.